All right, John the man. I, I like I said, man. We've been uh, we've been talking quite a bit on 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 the DoD Warrant Officer Facebook page for quite some time now. So finally, I get to see you in 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 the flesh and talk to you on on a virtualized environment. But I guess mainly for us, we didn't really get to build any talking points. And I think next weekend, if you can come on, I think the AI portion will be awesome. Kind of get your 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 feedback. But mainly, you know, like I said, for us, it's just going to talk tech transition in life and so you're still living in italy correct yeah i just actually recently uh came back over here and i'm figuring out my paperwork right now to stay but uh yeah the last two years has been kind of like that uphill battle of figuring the paperwork out and figuring out how to stay in in italy legally without <laughs> so uh ideally i was trying to secure a dod job here in the base where i nearby where i live and that just really, it really didn't pan out. Like I applied, 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 and not just IT work, but I applied for like everything. I applied for administrative type work, for warehouse kind of work, like everything I could think of. Yeah. And uh, nothing really panned out. So I think what I ended up doing was when I got out, I was like, you know what? I don't want to work for a corporate job. I don't want to work at a cubicle. I don't want to be tied down to the man. And yeah. I think I kind of set that thing in motion that that trading places moment in the in the movie where <laughs> where you know the the 12 year old kid and the 40 year old guy kind of switch places when the lightning bolt strikes <laughs> maybe maybe I'm misattributing that movie but I think that's what kind of happened so in the meantime I've really just been focusing on me and focusing on honing my own skills so I've been kind of taking my own personal skill bridge because that's something that wasn't um really offered to me either that kind of I missed the boat on that because of command lag time and waiting for signatures and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So I guess with your situation, you know, and I see that you do, you, you do freelancing, which I do freelancing right now as active duty. So can you just, uh, you know, talk about a little bit of what freelance, are you on platforms like Fiverr, Upwork, or do you do things as far as just consultation? Uh, just get a little bit about what you're, what you do as far as freelancing. Yeah, so back in 20, I guess it was 2018 before COVID came up, uh, I actually started building websites and doing web design and kind of graphic design for different small businesses. That was my main target, like reaching out to mom and pop shops, places where I actually went and ate or where I spent my money. And if I saw something that maybe could be improved or some way that I could offer some value to that company, um, I would just have a conversation with the business owner or whoever and you know some some of those turned into you know long-term paying jobs and some of them turned into like a six-month stint so i just really got out there and beat the pavement and coming full circle from that and what you you guys were kind of touching on as far as like education and getting your foot in the door like i'm really taking a a, a step back to try to get my foot in the door to more video and audio and recording and um different things of that nature, like what we're kind of doing right now and with my podcast that I do. So I'm actually in the process of trying to do some volunteer work for the local PAO here for the AFN station. Uh, of course, they've got to get approvals and all that stuff. But I'm really interested in taking 10, 20 hours a month and just dedicating it to their organizations, helping them out as much as I can and learning as much as I can in the process because they've got access to all the equipment. That's what they do every single day. They do interviews, they do articles, they do photo shoots, like all that stuff that I'm interested in nice. and trying to learn personally. So 
I'm making my own kind of skill bridge and paying for it out of pocket. But uh, I think that's also an option that some people maybe might not consider because we have this mindset like we came from being a warrant officer or a lieutenant colonel and we're going to go into this, you know, $100,000, $200,000 job. And uh, yeah, that's great. But, but are you? Yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to share your, uh, your LinkedIn profile. So for folks that are listening in, uh, John has some of his podcast uh, clips, clips on there. I watched a couple of them already. I mean, they're pretty awesome. Uh, really informative. I, I saw that one interview that you had with the guy that was transitioning out and, you know, like reality hit him when he got out. And so I think those are stories that you want to have in order for you to be able to uh, understand, you know, that it's not going to be an easy transition. Certainly with people like for me, you know, you know, I, I, I want to get a hundred percent. I'm right now going to vet center. I'm not ashamed of it. Like I've seen things downrange that, you know, has affected me, um, you know, personally. And so, you know, I'm right now going to the vet center for PTSD, uh, where, you know, I, it, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not something that you need to be embarrassed about. So, you know, that's, I guess for me, you know, listening to some of your podcast guests that you have on there, as far as like what their experiences are, from that transition, you know, what have you assessed from from different talking to different people uh, based off the transition and what, you know, the reality of what they're seeing in the civilian world? Yeah, it's an excellent question. And that's really kind of the one of the core things that I'm trying to get out of the podcast. Of course, the main thing is to give back to the community, get back to the military, get back to the, the men and women that I served with to try to give them a leg up when they get ready to transition, whether they're retiring or whether they're just transitioning after four or five years. Either way, it's the same kind of situation to me. Yep. Um, I try to treat it like coming back from deployment. So when you deploy for you know six months, 12 months, 18 months, you come back and you do this reintegration training, right? And so our equivalent of that in transition is going to the transition assistance program or whatever it may be called. I think that's a DOD program now. So. Um, and you get those like, you know, one week of seminars and things that kind of help you along the way with the transition. But that's really such a small, like stone in the bucket when it comes to actually what you need to know about transition. And a lot of it, I think that they don't touch on is kind of like the medical physical part of it. Like, how do you feel about transition? What do you feel transition is going to look like for you? Uh, how much have you actually prepared for transition? So that's the thing that we talk about a lot. It's it kind of begets the the like the regret thing right what are you going to regret on your deathbed well the things that you didn't do right so the same kind of thing happens with transition i think a lot of people just think okay i'm just going to go 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 hit the transition point and and transition out and then after that everything's going to be cool and i'm gonna have a job lined up and all that stuff and it's not always the reality the expectations a little bit maybe beyond the scope of reality yeah and you know it's funny uh judith just wrote tap wasn't enough ha 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 they, i brought this up because yesterday i had a job interview just kind of uh try to pick up a project uh, manager or project uh management position on the side another one um but the one thing that the gentleman said to me the one that was interviewing me he was a 22-year navy veteran and this is the third time he told me if you have an opportunity to go through sfl tap twice and the reason is is that you're going to pick up things the second time you go through that you might not have gotten the first time. And so, you know, I'm going to start working with my leadership. I, I the results come out for CW3 coming up uh, October 
I'm looking at pinning with my year group in April. And then the next day with a two year retirement window, I'm dropping my retirement. So, you know, I'm going to start kind of that SFL tap, but you know, I didn't know if that might've been an option. I know that for you, when, when you retired, did, was a two year window already an option for the retirement or it was only uh, 12 months? Yeah, the two year window was open, but I also, when I did my transition kind of stuff, it was really COVID. So a lot of things were closed. Oh, yeah, it yeah. was it was really difficult to even get into like VA office and talk to people. Like it was really, really difficult. Yeah. Um, I did actually do that. I did the, the kind of officers tap version. And then I went back and backtracked with a couple of the, the like the regular, you know, E seven and below or E six and below or whatever it happens to be kind of yeah. version of it as well, just to get a broader perspective. And I know they asked me when I asked if I could do that and they were like, well, you don't need to. And I'm like, but I would like to know because maybe there's something in there that you're not telling the the senior folks because you think it's irrelevant, but it could be very relevant depending on the situation. So, yeah. And, and also, you know, for the audience that, you know, for me, I want to be an expat in Costa Rica, but how does the VA work as far as like benefits and going to a doctor, you know, overseas being in Italy, if you stay over there, you know, and I know that Mike uh, Filbert, I, you know, he's in Germany, but you know, how does the VA work when it comes to, doing claims or anything else that's outside of the network yeah i'm actually trying to figure that out now i know they do i know they yep. do uh, i'm figuring it out in real time um i know they do like uh in germany for example they do the va transition as well so you can do your va appointments but you do them with local german doctors i believe it's how it works yep. and then their write-up goes back and gets fed into the system a lot of the VA stuff, as far as applying, is through online now. So you can just go online, fill out the information, what you need to fill out, and then just hit submit, and then it and it initiates the the VA claim process. So mm -hmm. it's just a matter of them because they have the Tricare network. Yes, it's within the military confines, and then yes, it expands out to the local communities around wherever you happen to be in the United States. But it's also the case in in Europe as well. Like if you need to go to a specialist even on active duty, they can send you outside of the gate. That's all kind of coordinated through TRICARE. Yeah. And so VA is a quite similar thing. Again, I gotta, I have to learn it, but luckily yeah. I'm close to a base where I can go there directly to the base, but I don't think that's where they're going to send me for VA appointments because that's just not how they operate. Yeah. I'm, I'm scared. Uh, so I know in Costa Rica, cause we're going to be looking at living on the uh, Pacific coast uh, in Avita, but I know San Jose has a uh, hospital that will take VA but yeah, but also though too in Costa Rica, the medical there is so inexpensive that you could pay out of pocket and still break yeah. even when it comes to the the care that they give. So, no, that's awesome, man. And and like I said, you know, it's it's a different perspective seeing how you know you got out and where you're living now, and you know the transitions because, like I said, everyone's journey is going to be different no matter how you look at it and whether you start early, like for me, I'm starting extremely early. And that's why I picked up a side gig just to kind of get my portfolio. Once I got my PMP and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to utilize this now because the army is so antiquated with the MDMP process that, you know, if I, even if I threw anything PMI at them, they kind of look at me crazy. And it was funny because I had a CW4 Howard at three core yesterday talking to me uh, at Craig Watts's uh, retirement. And that was one of the things that, I was like, yeah, I'm not wasting no time. I am literally using my PMP to its full advantage. I, I got it on the 4th of September. I got hired on the 11th out of a company out of Dallas. But I think that's also the uh, the problem, you know, is that 
we sometimes silo ourselves when it comes to being in the military where, yeah, our experience in the military is great, but how do you transition? And I think that's also for, for something that, you know, people that you talk to, how do people transition from that military mindset to civilian? Because everyone's different, you know, and it's certainly in the civilian world where things can be a little less, uh, you know, politically incorrect where you have to follow the line, you know, total line. So I guess from a civilian perspective, you know, just how do you, how do you change that switch? How do you turn that switch off? Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people transition directly into a job or try to as much as possible when they get out, whether they're retiring or transitioning out, but um, so they can, they can close that gap and not have such a void in between being in, in uniform and then being in a civilian attire at a civilian job. Um, because I think what ends up happening, at least that's what I've heard over and over and over, is you go through the transition process, you get to your final out for retirement or whatever, and then it's like, okay, sign here. Okay, here's your folder with paperwork. Have a nice day. Like, there's no fanfare. Nobody's outside blowing trumpets. Like, it's literally just like, have a nice day and enjoy your retirement. Yeah. And you kind of you kind of walk out the building, at least I did, and I know many others that I've talked to have. You walk out of the building and you're just like, it's really surreal. It's like, what just happened? Like, I've been planning on it. I thought it was going to be something and it and turned into something else. And it really just wasn't as um, exciting as I thought it was going to be or wasn't exhilarating as I thought it was going to be. So there's a, it depends on on what, what your transition looks like. If you go directly into a job, of course, there's no gap, right? I think that's great. But I think there's also a value in actually taking time off if you have the opportunity to yeah. and the means to, to really just take like a gap of, you know, one month, six months, a year, however long you need to take. Of course, you're sacrificing that continuity for job stuff. Um, but I think it's important to do some introspection. And I know a lot of folks that I speak to, they, they get that. And one thing I would say is definitely just have some people around you that you can talk to, to be able to bounce ideas off of and not kind of get inside of your own echo chamber because that's, that can be destructive, but yeah, it's definitely a, it's definitely an emotional roller coaster coming out, especially if you don't have something lined up. And then if you are applying for jobs and you're, you know, you're not getting the job and not getting the job, it's, it, it can really be uh, debilitating at times, yeah. right? Because you're like, well, what's going on? I've got 20 years of experience. I've got all these sort of like, I've got the list of certifications myself, but nobody wants to hire me. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Right. So yeah, and, and it kind of circles back. So there was a National Guard guy that I talked to on act now, and it come to find out he was a warrant officer, he was just a brand new 255 November graduated. And I showed him a picture of the warrant officer social at Fort Gordon, in Augusta. And I said, Hey, you know, do you know any of these people? And he was like, Oh, I'm in the back. And I'm like, wait a minute, you're in the back. But did you socialize with some of the retired CW5s that are in executive positions in industry? He's like, No, I didn't really put my name out there. And I and I told him, I was like, dude, it's not about and I mean, he has CISSP, CASP, CCNA, CCMP, all sorted out lives in Tampa of all places. Right. And I said, it's not about what you know, it's who you know, in the IT industry, a lot of the jobs that are filled 80% of the jobs, are referral based. So when you're trying to compete with 1500 people that are going for the same job as you, it's, it's hard to stand out. And so I told him, I was just like, let me link you up with a couple of people. I got him linked up with uh Rhino Knight, who's a senior CW five at USASOC, you know, and I said, Hey, 
this guy has all these credentials. He's a re, he's in the reserves on the National Guard, so he can take a GS or a civilian contracting position. But he pretty much was, I, I mean, he almost seemed defeated because <laughs> he was just like, all my certifications are just a bunch of alphabets behind my name. But I said, you have to put yourself out there and you have to be able to interact with others, you know, get people to know you. And I mean, you know, I had a I had a CW3 at, at Technic come up to me and he's like, yeah, he kind of felt like I post too much on social media. But then I had another warrant come up to me and said, man, I love what you put out because you put a lot of great information that a lot of us don't get through teams or any other channels. And so I appreciate what you're doing. And I mean, it made me, it made me humble because that's how I've always been, you know, and I've, and I think I was telling my, my counselor that, you know, I think I am the way I am. And it was funny because when she read my profile, she asked me, she's like, you seem like a person that doesn't live inside a box. And I said, absolutely not. And, you know, and I told her that I think me being adopted kind of plays that role because I have a, I have a caring nature and I, and it's the same way with you, you know, you have a caring nature to be able to provide information to people that need it. And so it's important for us. It's important for us to ultimately radiate the information that we have instead of trying to keep it in, you know, closed in because everyone has a different journey, but how you can be able to take different paths based on other people's experiences will ultimately help you get to your end goal and whether it is taking a six month hiatus out of the workforce and then coming back in. But it's, it, it really comes down to being able to have that roadmap. So you know where your start to finish is once you get out of the military. And I think that's what scares a lot of people, you know, certainly 20 years in, it's like, that's a long time. And so, you know, it, it's just a matter of, you have to have the network to support you and the people to understand what you what you're going through because they went through the same thing that you did yeah i absolutely agree with you and i'm i'm definitely going to second what you said about it's not what you know it's who you know and not just in the it field i see it in all the fields really so as much as i don't like to admit that that's the way life is like that's really the way life is like if you've got it in if you've got somebody you know who works in a company who can get you a recommendation to that company that's really the the absolute best way to yeah. get in like putting your resume out there is one thing but uh like you said you need to get out you need to socialize and network with people that's important and i would throw this out there too like if even if you're on active duty still if you've got like two or three or four years left i would see if you can allocate like five hours ten hours a month to volunteer not just i mean you can volunteer wherever and if you volunteer on the base and you do it through Bemis, if you're in the army all of that volunteer service, all those hours go back into the community as money. So that's a double win. But volunteering in general, like I did a year with DOD Platform One, and I just basically volunteered my time to help them stand up the the uh, communications thing that we did during COVID, right? So I spent a lot of time doing that. Um, and I didn't get paid extra for it or anything like that. And um, it was one of those things where it got me in contact with a whole lot of interesting people, a lot of really smart people and put me in circles that I otherwise wouldn't have been in, in the air force and the Navy and different places. So volunteering, if you can, if you have like five hours, 10 hours a month that you can allocate, I know it's a lot, but that'll also give you a really good barometric reading of how to get better acquainted with an organization or better acquainted with a group of people that are in the scope that you want to be able. Yeah, exactly. And that's where I'm right now where I'm uh, taking on a social media role for PMI Austin chapter. um, Because, you know, my instructor, when I went through Vesta PM's PMP bootcamp, 
he he pretty much couldn't you know he he pretty much sold his PM, pmp chapter uh pmi chapter out of louisiana and that you know it, it opened doors for him and so it is important to volunteer whether it's fco or in those big organizations because ultimately it is it's it's an interconnecting circle of people that you want to be able to make sure that you have that insight with so but um but no uh we'll uh we'll go ahead and wrap up and we're gonna go and move on to chris i know we're we're cutting on a long time but no john this was awesome man and i i hope hope next week we'll be able to jump on for the ai conversation uh with the people of the panel but i appreciate your time uh please check out john if you can drop your linkedin profile mm -hmm. at the bottom uh so that way people could connect check out his podcast retirement.army uh podcast he has awesome guests on uh but even if you are transitioning go on his podcast because ultimately you can share information of what you're doing because like i said everyone's journey is going to be different based on what they do and how you see fit because you know yes if you know that you deserve 100 percent from the va you know make sure you go after and make sure you document everything that you need to make you know you have in your medical records from when you join the military to where you're getting out i do i, I mean i have i have everything documented from 2005 on up and so uh it's important to make sure that you have all your ducks in a row when you're getting out but uh no i appreciate john and uh you know, if you want to stay on board, because I know we have some uh, questions and then we'll uh, we'll move on. So absolutely. Thanks. All right. All right.